It's official. One Shining Podcast is back, and I am your host, Tate Frazier. And as March Madness begins, we're covering everything from Selection Sunday all the way to the championship and beyond. We're going to have great guests that are coming through on the show. And look, if you're a friend of the program and you're already subscribed, you don't have to do anything. OSP is back. It's going to be right back in your feed. And if you're not a friend of the program and this is your first time on the rodeo, then let me tell you this. You need to go to Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts and smash subscribe today because the OSP show is back. It's the mismatch presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now and FanDuel is the place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states or 18 plus in D.C. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. Can I rant for a sec? I'm used to that, so go ahead. Pay apps are way too public. <laughs> what happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people could see my entire history, who I'm paying, like their full names. It's super weird. Hmm. Yeah, that is weird. Okay, then how are you paying people? What are you doing? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Services are provided by Green Dot Bank, member FDIC. Terms apply. Welcome to The Mismatch. I'm Chris Vernon, and joining me as he does every Friday from TheRinger.com is Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Bomber, Kevin O'Concert, Kevin O'Climber, Kevin O'Camera. Kevin O'Conflict, Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin I was now officially in Memphis, Tennessee. We were together you were, in your homeland. Uh, for those that have listened to last episode, it was a live show that we recorded in Memphis, Tennessee, along with Joe House, along with David Roddy, along with Jaron Jackson Jr., and along with an absolutely unbelievable crowd. You know, it's all such a whirlwind as... You guys are in town, and I talked about it on the show, how badly I wanted that to go well. And you never really know until you get to the event what it's going to be like within said venue, which was the New Daisy Theater, what it's going to be like with the crowd that shows up. But every single expectation I had for what it would be like was exceeded. And it it really did feel surreal, like even... You know, there's still people that are, you know, tweeting me or sending me messages days later. Um, it's all happening so fast and you're also and you're so nervous about it and you want it to come off well. And between the people from Spotify, everybody that was in town helping to make that happen, and then the crowd, and then um I was just I was absolutely thrilled. That was that was certainly 
a night to remember. You and I have done now two live shows after being on the podcast here together for, what'd you say? This is our seventh season, I believe. This, this is our seventh season. Yeah. We've done our live podcast now. We have done two uh, this past season. And I'd both like to of do some them, more. Would you like to do some more? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if we're going to make it like a world tour. Yeah, you don't want to do too many of them. But, yeah, you know, but like like a, like a finals or summer league one, something like that. That'd be cool. Summer league would be really good because yeah. we could get a lot of people out there. How about finals? When I did Dunk on Cancer in 2019, that was a great crowd. A really good really? cast of people. Like, during the finals was a good time, too. Well, and it'll be great because you'll be back in Memphis for that. So, <laughs> yeah, in your hey, dreams. Yeah, hey, you guys aren't getting past April. Our buddy Jared Jackson <laughs> Jr., you better turned on last night. He yeah. had 37 after we, coming we on the we, live mismatch we, we show. Two hours of Grizzlies on Tuesday. We can skip the Grizzlies today. I'm aware. I saw John Morant's <laughs> return last night. We're not talking about the Grizzlies until the postseason. Well, I mean, we can talk about the other teams. We can talk about how Denver's faltering. We can talk about how your beloved Celtics have uh, alienated a relationship Celtics. with their second best player. I we wish. can talk about your Pelicans being in 12. Um, yeah, I mean, any of your teams, if you want to go through them, we can. Yeah. So, so what did you see from Ja last <laughs> night and his return? Oh, I think it was just honestly, I think it was an opportunity. More importantly than start of the redemption tour. Yeah, the redemption tour. More important than his play was what he had to say, which was better than the Jalen interview. I've been given a second chance. No, okay. Okay. This is last night. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've been given a second chance, and it is my job to make the most of it. Good. And that's all you can hope, right? Yeah. Obviously, look, he came off the bench and he was unbelievable immediately, and helped close the game. And I'm going to say something. I've crapped on the Rockets a lot this year. I called them disgusting at the beginning of the year. And you seeing the light now? What light? I mean, what I saw was a team that did at least play together. It's a little late. And now <laughs> you're at the point where all your fans hope you don't win. So it would have been better to play together earlier in the year, have these games with 27 assists, have these games that give you real promise uh, because they're, they've won three. They won three last week, catching teams by surprise. But I was, they, they certainly played a much better brand of basketball last night than what I have typically seen from them this year. And there's no question they have individual talent that is tantalizing, especially Green, Shengun, and then Jabari Smith has had a much better ending to the season than he had beginning and middle. Tari Eason as well. Yeah, they got some guys. They've got some guys for sure. When Kyle Mann and I did our, you know, redraft uh, for the All-Star Weekend in Utah, like I took like three Rockets players. And, oh, like, wow. it, was for, it was for a draft from like five years from now. I, I still think that Rockets team has a lot of good individual talent. But I realize I'm probably alone there now. Maybe they're the bright future Rockets. Kind they do like it. No, 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 no. Kind of no. like I saw it with the Bright Future Suns. I don't know. No, these these guys are infinitely more talented than Dragon Bender and those kind of guys. Come on. Yeah, I'm just like, saying. Are, I'm, but I'm just saying the way people talk about Houston is they talk about Houston like they got nothing. Oh, I don't think people talk about them like they got nothing. I think yeah. it's like they, they play like nothing. They get shit on more than any other team. Well, 
I mean, for they are they do have eighteen wins, Kevin. I mean, <laughs> oh, they, yeah, yeah, they're not good, but I think right. like the talent wise, I mean, this is a team that's. Not, I think it's, they, but this team isn't trying to win games. They, want I understand, to but that's that's why they also get shit on because that's yeah. you know you fear that it's the squandering of talent. That this is not the best environment to develop players in. That was my issue yeah. with them in terms of like how many times do you need to be in the draft? You got you got Jalen Green, you got Jabari Smith. You've got the you got Shengun, you got Tori East, you've got the, you've got a bunch of young guys. Now try to build out around them and let them win some games, get some confidence, take this, you know, make losing matter again, rather than taking the sting out of losing. And so many times they're playing in games where they're not going to function like they do right now when a team starts winning. There are some that will, right? I am with you in believing that Jalen Green is going to be an elite-level scorer in this league. I do look at him in some ways in the same sense of Devin Booker, where I've talked to you in the past of there are kids you can put in a good school, kids you can put in a bad school, and there are some kids that no matter what school you put them in, they're going to excel. It's just the way it is. But on the whole, usually for the development of a kid, the kids that get the opportunity to go to the better school are going to develop much, much better. and then there are the special circumstances like Devin Booker was in Phoenix. And I believe like Green will be in Houston. I think he is so individually talented and athletic and got a good head on his shoulders that he's going to be able to overcome being in a terrible environment earlier in his career. Overcome the ball hoggery of Kevin Porter Jr.? Eh, yeah. I don't think it makes a difference really for one year or two years for that matter. I mean, you could say that, but I've watched all manner of careers get ruined. Yeah. You know? I mean, I've seen it in person. In person, where it's like once the team starts to win, then you don't know how to play anymore because you've gotten a false sense of who you are within the league and within team concept because there, you know, when you're losing 50-something games, 60 games, whatever it may be. Um, we are recording this after... It was not a big night. This is on Thursday night. Not a great night for NBA games, but the Sweet 16 is on, and you and I are recording this after the Michigan State-Kansas State game. And that was, oh my that was God. a great, great finish. Well, that's a, that's a great game, period. The great shot making. game. Man. Great game. And, you know, I am one of those that sometimes, I don't, I don't, I like college basketball. Um, but, there's no question that sometimes when you watch college games, you are absolutely stunned by the lack of quality of that game. You are so, if you are watching NBA games every single night, you know, it. there's some of these games where it'll be like in the 50s or the low 60s, and you're like, oh, geez, look at this offense. Nobody can make a shot. And you're just, you're so spoiled by seeing these unbelievably talented players every single night that it can be burdensome to watch some of the games, but not a game like that. Holy mackerel, was that high level for a college basketball game. What a bunch of players that were out there. Sam Hauser's little brother going off for Michigan State and the Noel kid from Kansas State. What a fascinating case study. The little guy, 5'8". And you just wonder, right? Like, 
is he going to be one of those guys that we look up and ends up being in the NBA? And it's Fred Van Vliet, it's Isaiah Thomas, it's even Alvarado, right, has been one recently where these little guys, probably nobody's going to draft the guy. He's probably, you know, he's old, the whole thing. He has 20 points. He has 19 assists. No question, he's a hardcore gamer. And it's funny. Sometimes there are guys that can be that great, and they're just simply great college players. But you can't help but watch that and go, you know what, man? You can see him throwing on an NBA uniform one day. That kid is an absolute dog, and they've obviously got a good chance at a possible national title right now as they are already in the Elite Eight. And they knocked off a really good Michigan State team that played really well. And I, I also thought it was cool for Keontae Johnson to get the, yep. the lob finish on yep. the pass after that kind of fake play call at the end of the game from Noel um, and his coach on the sidelines for what what was, I think, his 18th or 19th assist, whatever it was that broke the record. But Keontae Johnson catching that pass to, you know, put a cherry on top of a 22-point game for him just to, you know, what was it, two years ago? The two years ago that he collapsed on the floor with his yes. heart issue and went into his medically induced coma when he was then playing for Florida. Terrifying. It's amazing that he gets that moment after having such a tremendous game with the Kansas State now on this run. Um, it just seems pretty special. And he, by the way, you know, Keontae Johnson, he could be an NBA guy. 6'6", six, six, got length, multiple, you know, position defensively. Uh, you know, he can he rebounds the hell out of the ball for a six six guy shooting over forty percent from three this year for, for Kansas State. He shot over forty percent the last time he was with Florida, so he has a long track record now of shooting the ball well. He he has a chance to have a good long NBA career, and that would be an amazing story. Unbelievable, yeah, truly amazing story because everybody were stopped in their tracks when he had the heart condition just, uh, just a few years ago. Yeah, that was terrifying because yeah. we've been through it. You know, in my childhood, it was, yeah, you know, I heard the stories of Len Bias and then in my childhood, it was Hank Gathers um, when he was at Lo Loyola Marymount. And that's one of the first sporting events I remember is Bo Kimball shooting his free throws in the NCAA tournament with his offhand to honor his fallen teammate who was, one of the best players in college basketball had died. Um, and so, and then obviously Reggie Lewis too. I mean, we've, we've had some real scares, real scares. And the idea that this kid is able to not only be back on the court, but be this highly successful. Mm -hmm. Now we always talk about at the end of games, like people steal from each other, you know, all these best coaches steal the out of bounds plays. I wonder if we're ever going to see the, now we'll hear, I have not seen their press conferences, I've got to believe that that was a total setup. It definitely like was. Like the fake yeah. argument with the coach. This is like, you know, when I was coaching my kids' uh, Little League football team, um, I was an assistant coach, and, you know, like one kid will run out to the side and get down on all fours and start barking like a dog or something, and then the whole team looks at him, and then you throw it the other way. <laughs> That's what it felt like. You've got this fake argument between the point guard and the coach that are yelling at each other, and then basically almost like a no-look alley-oop to Johnson as everybody kind of falls asleep. And that's game on the line, season on the line stuff. I wonder if we'll uh, if anybody's going to steal the fake argument play 
from Kansas State. That's I didn't think that ever worked on a high level. Well, it's kind of like for years in the NFL, I'm, you know, Tom Brady, sometimes they would fake, you know, the snap going over his head. He'd like, you know, he'd sell that hard. <laughs> Other teams do that, you know, you know, here and there in the NFL. Maybe. I mean, it did seem like it definitely was a play call. Like as soon as he kind of twirled his fingers, Johnson yeah. cut and Noel looked for the pass. I think it was all orchestrated. I'm sure that was something when you go, when it comes to planning for game time decisions, maybe they've known that they could pull this out all season. Maybe this was discussed back in December or January. Maybe it was discussed in the huddle between the second half and overtime. But I think those guys knew that that might be coming. He's like, look for me to do the twirl the fingers. You know, we're going to fake the argument, whatever. Uh, and they, they were right on, man. Also, by the way, like, play call or not, how do you let up that back door? Like, you're really getting fooled right there, but I guess that's the whole point of doing it. Just to throw it the defense a little bit off balance, make them focus on the play call. And it worked. Um, cool. You know, you know everybody, though, that's where it's the hardest to keep your physical and mental focus. When you're you tired. Know, at the end of the game. Yeah, they're playing in overtime. They're in yeah, the 90s. Dude. Yeah. I and mean, it's like when it matters most, you got to be sharp. Um, so the mind the affects one, the body and vice the one versa, good, too. The one good thing to be able to watch that uh, that game was because though they are loaded with talent, my God, did Arkansas just get absolutely run out. UConn looked incredible in the first half of that game. I mean, it was just yeah. assist after assist, pounding them in the paint. And do you look at that from an NBA talent evaluation? Because you've got Arkansas guys, you've got more than a few in your uh, big on your big board yeah, and then Anthony be in your Black, mock draft. Anthony Black, Nick Smith. Jordan Walsh, and then, you know, a lot of people have Ricky Council, the fourth in their top 40 as well. In the top 40, right? Yeah, so and they're like all young. four guys. Yeah, yeah, they're all young. And so do you look at that as like, all right, they ran up against a better team, a veteran team, and they got punked? Or do you draw, what do you draw from it that this was on their biggest stage of the year? And obviously none of them are going to come out smelling like roses. I mean, on one hand... Uh, like I, you know, I've talked with Kyle Mann on the Ringers NBA draft show all year. I don't see it with Nick Smith Jr. Um, I've had a hard time getting there with him, you know, like Kyle has, like a lot of others have. He has a solid game tonight. Anthony Black, I like him a lot. I think he'll be a better NBA player than he is a college player. Uh, got, got to the line tonight. He's really the one guy that I was very impressed by. Jordan Walsh, inconsistent score. Saw that again tonight. But overall, I think this just says more about UConn. They were just overwhelming with size. Like, Sonogo, their starting big man, he just getting to the basket with ease, overwhelming the smaller Arkansas front court. Donovan Klingon coming off the bench, who seven foot two freshman, you know, he barely played much at all this season, but I think he has a bright NBA future. If he were to declare and test the waters, it would not shock me one bit at all if a team were to make him the pro a promise in the late first round or somewhere in the second round, it's just a matter of if you're clinging, do you want to go back a year and, you know, end up getting Sonogo's minutes and become a lottery pick in a weaker draft? Like, that that's the decision that he's going to have to make. But, I mean, those UConn kids are big. And then you consider their perimeter guys, Jordan Hawkins, he's going to be a first-round pick, sharpshooter. And Andre Jackson Jr., like, you saw him in that first half, Chris. Like, what a funky player. Six foot six. The playmaking ability, throwing loves, fi finding shooters. 
Andre Jackson's going to be a heck of a player in the NBA, I think, um, on both ends. He's a tough defender, uh, and offensively, he's just one of those connective pieces. Those guys, even if you're an iffy shooter, you can find a role in the league. And I thought it was cool, like him finishing at the rim off of some dump-off passes, too. That showed what his NBA role could look like. Yeah, Dan Hurley's gotten that thing back going. He's got a lot of talent there, and not only a lot of talent, but a lot of talent that shares. They're right up there at the very top in the in college basketball and assist. Um, they rebound. They they got the one of the best offenses in all of college basketball, and you kind of saw it on display. I'll tell you this: you, you say you like the Anthony Black kid. Um, people people are really gonna like the NBA. People are gonna like the five steals. That's what they're gonna like. They're going to like yeah. that he had five steals. In a game that they got murdered, they're going to like that at least they know that he can be defensively active. And everybody wants somebody that can play two ways. And he's a he's an interesting talent, for sure. Yeah, six seven guard. If, right. he just, if he just becomes a competent shooter, like there's no question that he's going to have a long, good career. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, let's get to some of the big stories that have happened this week. What a strange day it was today where there is a report that LeBron James is going to be coming back for the final week of the season. And then it is followed, and this is just how things have changed in the year 2023. Athletes all have their own platforms. LeBron James clearly has a big one, and he goes to Twitter.com and posts, (laughs) there wasn't an evaluation today. And there hasn't been any target date for my return. I'm just working around the clock every day, three times a day, to give myself the best chance of coming back full strength whenever that is. God bless y'all sources. I speak for myself. Well, I mean, like, what were they supposed to do? Ask you? <laughs> like, <laughs> like you would have just said. But so it's kind of crazy. We get this story. I mean, somebody clearly... And Adrian Wojnarowski has been the the best newsbreaker in the NBA for some time now. Someone has that as the plan that was then relayed to Adrian Wojnarowski. Therefore, he reports this. So he was clearly told that there is a misunderstanding, and I don't think it's Adrian's here. There's a misunderstanding from somebody Within those, I mean, and by the way, and by the way, Shams had it too. I mean, like right. those guys. I think I'm seeing the Shams tweet at 10:34 a.m. Pacific, and then Woj had it at 10:34, or McMenamin had it at 10:34 a.m. Pacific. Woj had it at 10:34. They all got the group text. <laughs> they all got it. <laughs> they all got it at 10:34. That this is when this guy is coming back. <laughs> and then one hour later, 11:37, LeBron tweeted what he did. You know what I take this as? LeBron's saying, whoever leaked this to you, that could be true. But I might come back sooner. Oh! That's how, that's how I took it. That LeBron's saying he could come back sooner, not later. Maybe it's a, and maybe it's like a, 
Tom Brady Schefter thing, right? Like, or I get or, to break my own news. You know or, what I mean? You guys don't get is, to break my news. Or for whatever reason, this is all orchestrated, all an attention grab by LeBron's team saying they're going to feed this information out there. Then LeBron's going to come out on the top. Maybe he did this on his own, but maybe he's doing this, LeBron, you know, to get some attention while he's on the mend. No. I don't know. Who knows, man? You think LeBron James would do something for attention? (laughs) Come on. I know. Not LeBron. Okay. You want to go the other way with this? Uh, Here, I'll give you one more angle. Okay. See if you could buy this. So you did the, maybe he could come back earlier. How about this? What if it's a little pressure? That the Lakers that are putting being on. Put on. Yeah. yeah, that if you float this out there, now, if he doesn't come back, yep. if he drags his feet on this thing and he doesn't come back, they want him to come back. So now there's like a little pressure like, hey, wait, I thought he was coming back with a week left in the season. Like, this is the understanding we were under. What's going on here? That's a possibility also. That's definitely right? a possibility as well. Yeah, because they need him back. Even but, though, but the fact, I mean, I don't feel like I'm speaking out of school here. The fact Shams and McMenamin, McMenamin had a sit down interview with LeBron, very tight with Clutch. Shams, very tight with Clutch. The fact they would put it out as well mm-hmm. suggests that this is something overall, like they were all hearing it perhaps from the same people, from different people. But I, I just, I, I would be surprised if all of them were to put it out there if it weren't, like, widely known from the sources in Clutch and the Lakers. And if it's from Clutch, that means it's also from LeBron. Well, maybe. It could have it all been from the Lakers. Like, like this, by the way, what we're doing right now, guess the source. That's this right. is what NBA executives do this, too. Like, of course they, they love, do. They, they love playing this game and tracking back, like, who's the source? <laughs> Or maybe after this was leaked, LeBron called all of his guys and said, whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, why are you telling me How this? am I supposed to get anybody to watch this new episode of The Shot? <laughs> I speak for myself, and if you want to hear when I'm going to play basketball again, we have a new episode on The Shop that is going to be on HBO coming up this weekend. We've got rapper Corday and others appearing on the show. Is that really and coming back? Or are you, you uh, I just saw around. a clip of Corday, really? uh, the rapper, saying that... Yeah, ne- never was heard a, of him. Who's that? Oh, come on. Corday's great. Never he, heard of they him. Were, it's, it's a clip of him talking about if he had <laughs> any not, regrets. I'm not kidding. I've never heard of Corday. Wake up. I don't even know how to spell it. 2023. So C-O-R-D-E-Y. A-E. A-E. Come on. Have I ever sounded whiter in my life? Yes, but this is up there. My top 10 whitest moments. Yeah. Never heard of them. Look, they get LeBron back, and everybody is going to be you know, talking about how, oh, now the Lakers are dangerous. Oh, you don't want to play the Lakers. Um, who knows what, you know, you would imagine that after being out for the amount of time, LeBron is probably going to come back full force. He's probably going to look amazing. But they have had kind of an ascent with this Austin Reeves thing in the midst of sometimes when there are 
the injuries, you can start to see other guys become different versions of themselves. And the whole Austin Reeves point guard thing and the amount of numbers that he is putting up and, frankly, the amount of times he's going to the free throw line is out of this world. Monty Williams really thought it was out of this world when they went to the free throw line 46 times. (laughs) I mean, the game is only 48 minutes. They took 46 free throws. And we've talked about their their appearance in the play-in would be very good. For everyone involved. I don't want to act like there's any shenanigans going on, but Austin Reeves has gone to the free throw line more than most everybody that you think is good. Um, and I say that to every <laughs> NBA fan. Um, and Austin Reeves is the new favorite. He is he is playing so well, he very well may have priced himself out of the Lakers for next year. That's what I read today. Austin Reeves, it's like, is he too good now? Are the Lakers going to pay for the talent that is Austin Reeves? I mean, this is this has been some pretty crazy stuff with the numbers that he is putting up, but I do think it speaks to him finding a role within that team, them figuring out what kind of talent he is, because he is a very talented guy, and that if they get LeBron back and they've got healthy LeBron, healthy Anthony Davis, that now their extra parts and their depth are so much better. We really haven't even seen it with all of them, with the good uh, this new Austin Reeves and with D'Lo and with Beasley and with Vanderbilt and with all those guys. Um, So they get into that play-in. Obviously, they have to get through. uh, They have to win some games in order to get into the playoffs. But I think it's fair to say, if you're Denver, I mean, you don't want to see them in the first round. Is that what you bargained for, probably? Um, well, especially with Austin Reeves performing at the level that he is right now. I mean, <laughs> but it, it, well, I mean, do you have an all-NBA vote? And is Austin Reeves now making a run at uh, third-team guard? He's not making a run at third-team guard. No, but I do think with the Austin Reeves stuff, I have two things, two thoughts on the free throws. One, he was one of the biggest foul magnets in college basketball his last two years at Oklahoma. And I think with him, that is worth taking into consideration when factoring in the style of play we've seen from him recently. Maybe the NBA is being a bit generous with some of the foul calls. I will not argue against that. It is abnormal to see a second player, second year player get this type of whistle. But I do also think it is abnormal to see a player be able to withstand, play through, and draw contact the manner in which that he does since high school. I mean, he played D3 in high school. He was a no-star recruit, but he scored 73 points in D3. This guy's been a bucket getter in high school, a bucket getter in college, and right now, a bucket getter in the NBA. So... I, to me, the story with Austin Reeves is, aside from the foul drawing, the turnaround jumpers, the playmaking, getting to the basket, the slippery ball handling, all of that is just, it's been part of the trend for him. It's just happening to a greater extreme and sooner than anybody could have anticipated. You and, think he's a point guard? 
I do think he is a combo guard. Uh, is he a point guard? I mean, what does I mean? What does that exactly mean? Is that like more of a pure guard? I don't think so. He's not like a Chris Paul throwback traditional point guard. But I think he's a one of your ball handlers. Like, well, it's interesting with the, especially alongside Russell, and you've even seen Russell say like, "Hey, man, give Austin yeah, the ball." Totally. I, I mean, I mean, like I, I just pulled up my 2021 draft profile of him. These three notes. Smooth ball handler who has a good first step and can fluidly change direction, snaking through defenders to get where he wants with the ball. He's not fast, but he's shaky. True. Acrobatic and physical finisher around the rim who can use either hand and mixes in soft floaters away from the basket. True. And then this one, to your point, Chris, creative playmaker who sees passing windows before the open, and he can deliver the ball using either hand from awkward, awkward angles. True. Like, he's might not be a true point guard, but he can do a lot of point guard things. And that's why for the Lakers right now, them putting the ball in his hands and empowering him, to me, it's not a major coincidence that this big uptick in volume and foul drawing has happened pretty much as soon as Darvin Ham said, you know what, Austin Reeves, you're the point guard right now while LeBron is out. You're the point guard. And then all of this has followed. As soon as he's been putting more ball screen actions, that it's given him lanes to get to the basket more often. So I think the Austin Reeves story need you need to look back to high school and college to really get a complete picture of what we're seeing now. And again, yes, maybe the NBA is favoring him slightly. Maybe there is some of that. I don't think so though. Um, when you actually watch the possessions and watch him play. And by the way, if LeBron does come back, whether it's sooner, whether it's later. This is just another variable that really helps the Lakers' chances in a series, regardless of who it's against. When they have Vanderbilt on defense right now, they got shooters, multiple handlers, the ability to play big or small, and now they have somebody in Austin Reeves. You can put him in ball screens as a screener like he's done prior in kind of a Caruso-type role, or now as a ball handler with something new in this offense. The Lakers, with LeBron, with LeBron, are major finals threats. They are. I've been on that since the deadline. I feel that way even more strongly now, Chris, with everything that we've seen since then. You would you would not pick them in a series against Denver. I'm not. I'm not picking the playoffs yet. To see this, the matchups aren't ready to go. Yeah, but you know they're going to be in the play-in. Well, they might be in the play-in. No, I mean that's the only way they're getting in. Well, no, not necessarily. They're only a game and a half back from the Warriors for the sixth seed. Oh, you think they could be solidly in of there? Of course. I mean, yeah. Why not? There's so much time left. The Clippers just lost Paul George. There's two games of separation between the 5 and the 10. This mm. is still like between Phoenix at 4 and the Pelicans. The Pelicans at 12 is how many games? 3. Right. That's it. Between 4 and 12. So I I I I mean yeah would I pick them over Denver I have no idea I don't even know if they'll end up there I, I like they still have a chance to get the four seed yeah six and four in their last ten games which is frankly I mean look you can gain games just by being six and four because you look down the standings and it's like five and five five and five four and six five and five the only team OKC. that has made the big push is Oklahoma City who's mm-hmm. eight and two. In their last 10 games. So and much for tanking, huh? <laughs> so much for tanking. This leads to, um, you know, if you if you look where teams are projected uh, by 538, for better or for worse, right? It is a projection of 
where teams are going to land based on their performance thus far this season, who they have available, et cetera, et cetera. Um, they have the West play in being T Wolves, Mavs, OKC, and the Lakers. Who do they and have in the top six? And those, are, and, and those are the four teams that are there right now. So the top six is the same. Okay. The top six is the six that are there cool. right now. And then those would be the four play-in teams. So T-Wolves, Mavs, OKC, and the Lakers. Uh, T-Wolves just got Cat back, and he had big moment. He was elated last night. Oh, I, lo- I loved how corny that moment was after the game. It made me smile so hard. You loved it. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. I did. You loved having him back. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was cool, man. Okay, we really have not seen the T-Wolves. It, it was uh, to poor results. This is what movies is made of. <laughs> when we when we saw them early in the year with the new look roster, it was to poor results, right? They were, what's going on? Is this going to work? Is this a disappointment? And it was one of those things that we kept saying, you know, look, it's going to be better than it is right now, but it's got to be flushed out. No matter what you think about the trade, and we've talked about that throughout the year, what they have is what they have. And can they figure out the Cat Gobert thing? Can they figure out the Anthony Edwards being the best guy? Obviously, they've changed D'Angelo Russell out since then. Now Mike Conley's in. And so it's the first time we're really seeing this incarnation of the T-Wolves. And with less than, you know, 10, 12 games left in the season, do you think it's enough time for them to be able to figure something out before they have to get into super high leverage games. Uh, it, like in terms of like what extreme do you mean? Do you mean to make a finals run or like go to the West finals? Or do you mean to be competitive in the first round and go seven, maybe yeah. slip into the second round? Like well, to what extreme do you mean? Yeah. I, to be a highly competitive playoff basketball team. I think this is a, a weird outlier season where everything that's happened just doesn't matter. Everything that's happened so far just does not matter at all. And for Minnesota, the final month of the season is more than enough. I, I think it's that type of year where it's completely irrelevant so far. And that this So do is you a, say that because of the I, teams that are at the top? I say that because I'm not convinced by the teams at the top. I say that because of injury concerns with teams at the top like Phoenix. I say that because of the fact that the West from 4 to 12 is separated by three games. And so every one of these teams, no matter what you look at, KD with the Suns, Clippers, Paul George and health, where's Wiggins with the Warriors, Gary Payton health, depth issues, chemistry issues, Chemistry issues with Minnesota, young team Oklahoma City, Dallas injury issues, depth issues, defense issues, Lakers injury issues, continuity issues, Jazz they're young, Pelicans injured and young. Like all of those teams have questions. The Kings first time in the playoffs together, young team. Grizzlies young team with a point guard that just got back. No Stephen Adams, no Brandon Clark, no big man depth. Denver unproven, you know, we'll see about their defense. It's been below average. I Every team in the West, we just went through all of them. So for Minnesota, to me, like, they're 500. 
This is a brand new season, and all the struggles of Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert playing together earlier in the season, they were with a totally different roster. And by the way, they were with a different Jaden McDaniels. Jaden McDaniels, the guy that we've seen the past month plus, especially the past, you know, two or three weeks where he's really gotten consistent 10-plus shots per game. McDaniels is pretty clearly an all-defensive player this year. He should be on everybody's ballot on the first or second team. Pick your spot wherever you want him. He should be one of those top 10 guys. But offensively, he's done so much more as a shooter off the catch, as a pull-up shooter from mid-range off the dribble, getting to the basket. This is somebody who is looking like 22 years old, a potential two-way star, you talk about, like, who's the next Mikel Bridges? The guy who, you know, with Phoenix this year, we talked about it prior to the deadline. No Booker, no Paul, gets more opportunities. He's scoring, sustains it into Brooklyn, continues excelling. With Jaden McDaniels, he's looking like that guy who could play off of Anthony Edwards and be a bucket getter and get fed easy opportunities from Mike Conley. This Wolves team is, like, it's just, it's not even comparable to what they were earlier in the season because of different players, but also just different performers. And now we're going to see what Chris Finch has figured out over the course of the season with Nas Reed and Gobert playing together. Gobert playing much better on both ends of the floor. Like, this is like, I, I just don't think anything that happened from October through December matters even a little bit. And even the stuff that happened, you know, January, February, March, eh, I mean, like, it's late March. It's a brand new year right now for Minnesota. That's my long answer for you, Chris. So the the, the short answer, uh, no, it, there's not, it's it, it doesn't matter. This is a new season. It's going to be fascinating to watch. What was that game where you're talking about McDaniel's defense, where McDaniel's and uh, Edwards? Do you remember this? Is the end oh, of the yeah, game? Yeah, yeah. And it, oh, it was uh, it was the first uh, Kyrie Luca game. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's Dallas, what, yeah. And it was just handcuffs, handcuffs. Those two could really guard perimeter, man. And Edwards is like that guy that when it comes down to crunch time, he's like, give me the best guy. I'll guard point guards. I'll guard their best player. I don't care. And I do think you want those kind of guys when it comes to playoff time. And if he can have another guy flanking him that is equally as up to the challenge dealing with perimeter players, that all of a sudden becomes a problem. And I think I think Chris Finch is a good coach. I do. Yeah. I think he's a good coach. By the way, speaking about Mikel Bridges, yep. 32 points tonight on 11, 19, 11 of 19, but the Nets lost at the buzzer just now as we're recording here to an Isaac Okoro three-pointer from the corner. And like for Cleveland. Good omen for Cleveland. Dude, we've like I feel like we've been on this all year long with, with them. Okoro shooting 40-plus percent from three since December. That's what they've needed. Cleveland has. Oh, he's that wide guy, open. That, yeah, but that, <laughs> uh, yeah, but that guy at the wing to actually make those shots. Oh yeah, he's he's doing it. And I mean, for him to get a, a game winning jumper tonight, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's the that's the spacing, right? You think about this very easily in terms of basketball, right? They they run that big out, high pick and roll. You know, you've either got Garland or Mitchell that's turning the corner with a quick first step. That guy from the corner pinches in. Boom, kick out. All they needed was somebody that can knock that down 
with regularity. That's why for some amount of time, the Jetty Osmond numbers were really good, right? Just somebody that has to be honored that you could throw it out to it could knock it down. So it's fascinating you say that he hit the game winner. It, it, it may turn out, though he's still not high volume guy, but that they did find that guy that like there's going to be that moment in the playoffs where teams are totally selling out on those guards. Totally. And it is the mm-hmm. Jetty, uh, it is the Jetty Osmonds. It is the Isaac Okoros of the world. Evan Mobley, even. Like, gonna he, have he, to be, he, he might have to hit some threes from the corner. Mobley. Because it, it, it can even happen with the best of teams. You remember last year when we think about the Celtics and their run, I, I mean, you keep coming back to the Grant Williams thing. Yeah. They wanted Grant Williams to take those shots. That's the game plan. And he murdered them. For one night and one night only, but that's all they needed. it, And he did it. And it's going to be fascinating to see if the Cavs have that. Who's that other guy that's going to have the, you know, is it, is it a Dean Wade? Is it a Coro? Is it a Osmond? Is it a who? Um, you, you know wow. what I'm ho- hoping for from that, uh, what you say the, the 538 has for the play-in? Yeah, they've T-Wolf, got it as... T-Wolves, Mavs, OKC, Lakers, right? Yeah, OKC, Lakers. Yep. So they don't they don't have the Pelicans in there. You know what I want to happen? I want the what? Pelicans to get Zion back, make the oh, play-in, and then get the seventh seed and whoop the Grizzlies' ass in the first round. That's the what I want seven, to happen. The good grief. <laughs> you're, you're really hanging on to... I mean, why don't you just go buy lottery tickets? <laughs> Seriously. I'm not going to do that. That's a waste of money. They said that they're going to have him back at the. They're going to reevaluate him at the end of the regular season. Yeah, it's two, weeks, two, two weeks away from being two weeks away. Yeah, that's when the season's over. I know, I know. I know. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just dreaming. That's all. Why do they even I'm, report that? <laughs> Is it like just in case? I'm looking out the win- I'm looking out the window right now, seeing some like pink puffy clouds and. Clear hey, comment. I'm, I'm just dreaming of Zion coming back. <laughs> Does look like it could be a good, nice sunset tonight. It would be fun if he came back. That would be fun. It would make for a much more entertaining play-in if they could get into the play-in. If you yeah. had like, hey, if you had Lakers, Pelicans. Mm. Oh my God, yeah, that I'd would love, be I'd, a I'd, dream I'd come lo- true for the I'd NBA. Love, I'd love to see Grizzlies, Pelicans. I'd love it. I mean. I would I know, love it so much. I, I, I know you know. would, but the problem is <laughs> your team didn't hold up their end of the bargain. I know they didn't because Zion got hurt. You're going to be in the lottery, bro. <laughs> Bad idea betting on Zion's health. I mean, you can't be you, in the lottery. You, you make it to the top of the Spotify charts yet with that? I have not, but somebody no. did create a guitar tab. Really? They did? Yes, they tweeted Seriously. me. He's at oh. ultimateguitar.com. <laughs> Kevin O'Pelican is there. Oh my God. With the capo and everything wow. and the lyrics. That's when Unreal. I was like, all right, I made it. I made it. Oh no. I told, I, look, I, I'm not posting. It's not going on Spotify. I told Spotify, I was like, hold on now. You pay me to be a podcaster. You want me to be a musician? Let's up this Annie. Up the Annie. Yeah, I'm not giving you songs too. <laughs> I don't get paid for songs. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway. Oh, wow. I see. I see. Corey from 901. Yeah. Hey, Chris Vernon Show. I wrote the tabs for Kevin O'Pelican and tweeted it. Hope you see it and let me know how spot on they were. Capo on third, right? Yeah, and he 
tweeted out everything. Wow. G to D, C add nine to D, G Hilarious. to D, C add nine to D. <laughs> Hilarious. Did you really write that in the afternoon of the show that same day? After no we went to lunch. You wrote it that time. Yeah, 3.30. Wow. wow. And I was down there at 5. So, I mean. Is that why you were speeding over? You were a little late? Oh, my God. <laughs> Unbelievable. I got a ticket on the way to That's our unreal. live show. I haven't gotten pulled <laughs> over. I, I never get pulled over. <laughs> I, I love it. <laughs> 58 in a 45, no less. That's what it was. I was trying really? to get there. Yeah, they got you for that? Yeah, they did it in a 45. Come on. That's what I said. You got to be kidding me. That's a that's joke. What I, that's what I said, but I was just trying to get out of 58 and a 45. Are you that's gonna what contest it was. The t- I mean, are you going to contest the ticket or no? I, mean, I guess my lawyer will. <laughs> Jeez, 58 and a 40. Get the hell out of here, That's tough, man. right? Probably an empty road, too, and all that. Trying to get that's the quota tough. at the end of the month. Ridiculous. Quota at the end of the month. End what of the month quota. joke. Absolute yep. joke. Yeah, I, w- I certainly wasn't putting anybody in danger. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Mavericks are one of those teams that I just mentioned as a, one of the play-in teams. Man, you want to talk about some, somebody who's got nothing going their way. And the most bizarre play maybe you will ever see last night. Mark Cuban's tweeting about it. Immediately after the game, they say they're going to protest the game. That'll that'll fall on deaf ears. Because um, the play happened in like the third quarter. But there was a confusion <laughs> as to whose ball it was. And it ends up being a two-point game. So, of course, it matters so greatly at the end to say, hey, they totally screwed us on this one play. I just, I got to be honest with you, Kevin. I am still confused. At I've watched that replay like three different times. And I've watched the longer version where one of the Mavs players is like over there talking to one of the refs. So, like, it, it, it's unclear. Like, the refs obviously didn't even know. At least one of them doesn't know what's going on because he's on the wrong side of the floor. And then just the throw-in under the basket. Yeah, I mean, it's a Shaq and a fool. If there ever was a Shaq and a fool, I still don't understand how there was that level of mass confusion on a play. But it overshadowed the fact that the Golden State Uncle Rico's, who I say the Uncle Rico's because they talk about how awesome they used to be, um, finally got a road win. What was that, like their eighth? So probably a big congratulations on their eighth road win of the season. And it was overshadowed by this bumbled call uh, that took place in the game. But the Warriors did get a win. And the Mavericks, like I said, just nothing going their way. Nothing. Do you think they're going to miss the playoffs, the Mavericks, that is? They're trending so down right now. Kyrie out. Don't you think Luka is going to come up enough, you know, just to get to keep him in the play-in? 
I just think you got to really fall apart. I know to get surpassed by Utah or New Orleans. Yeah, you got to really fall apart. I mean, it's just you've yeah. got to lose so many games because even these teams are all going like 500 or a game over or a game under virtually every 10 games. That's what we were just talking. You see the push Oklahoma City's make just by going eight and two. They've yeah. flown up the standings to where they could be a solid playoff team. They're not that far back just because of their recent play. And so I just think you got to lose. You really got to lose like damn near every game for all those teams to overtake you. So I don't, I do think they'll be in the play in though. I do not think that they will be back up in solid playoff standing. I mean, you saw them in person. They're pretty lame, man. Now you yeah, saw them without Luca, but now you've got the, the, the Kyrie issue. If they don't have Kyrie and Luca, then it's like, okay. Jane and Hardy time. Paul I mean, Hardy's, Hardy's been pretty good. Well, I mean, you're probably going to have like 98% usage yeah. rate for Luka Doncic when he's on the, I mean, seriously, just hope Reggie Bullock and, and, and Tim Hardaway and Maxi Kleber can knock down some threes. But really, really tough for them. It just says a lot that the Thunder are ahead of them. In the in the in the Timberwolves are ahead of them. Uh, it yeah. also says, I mean, here I'm about to duck, but I would a hundred percent rather have the Thunder's roster, wouldn't you? Yeah. Now and going forward, there's one guy I love on the Mavericks, Luca. One. Usually, teams have like three or four guys, and I'd be like, oh man, I'd love to have that guy on my team. Yeah, whereas with OKC, it's like you love, you love SGA, you love Giddy, Giddy. you love you love both Jalen Williams, you love Lou Dort and what he's capable of doing on defense. You know, you love Chet, you love Chet with what he could potentially be. You love because no, I love Chet because of the tweet today. Tell me you saw that? No, I didn't see it. Oh my god, I'm looking I'm it up not, right now. I'm not going to talk about it on the air. Okay, but me, please uh, go look at Chet Holmgren's. Twitter account. I spit my drink on my laptop. Chet Holmgren is legitimately funny. Chet Holmgren. So he quote tweeted somebody saying, Chet Holmgren and Josh Giddy give us the best back shots. (laughs) And he said, hey, yo. Slow down, Chet. Chet Holmgren, who knew? Who knew? Chet Holmgren and Josh Giddy give us the best back shots. It's obvious. I mean, the guy meant pitchers from behind. I don't think that's the way <laughs> Chet took it. Um, in the Eastern Conference, 538, have it being the Heat, the Hawks, the Raptors, and the Bulls. That's probably what it's going to be. The best back shot in the NBA. <laughs> then... You would end up with Heat Celtics, which is not what Celtics fans want to see. Um, or, I guess, Heat Hawks. Nobody's really particularly scared of the Hawks. Raptors, Bulls, nobody really believes in them. Trey Young recently, he piled on the ref topic, saying that they should be fined or suspended for missed calls. So he's probably going to get a real favorable whiffle, whistle down the stretch. I agree. You think so? Yeah. Like, publicly? Yeah, I mean... Maybe maybe not publicly, but why not behind closed doors? I mean, I think behind closed doors. Tom Haverstroh just had the thing where Ben Taylor, after the Fred Van Vliet 
technicals has been demoted in games. How he's got like, lower in games. Yeah. Well, they didn't announce that. Hey, you don't have to announce it. No, announce I think anything. Trey Young and these guys, they want these guys publicly shamed. <laughs> well, maybe that's what is needed. You know, you get the referees, they're showing their faces on camera, you know, putting on a show. When they make their calls into the camera and all that, they want to be part of it too. Maybe they I mean, do need public accountability. I mean, they do get, I, that's what usually happens. Like they get demoted. They don't get to do as many playoff games or finals yeah. games, whatever. But then I turn on the finals every year and Mark Davis is a crew chief. And it's like, mm-hmm. what the hell? What are we doing? Seriously, what are we doing? So I don't know. I, I, I don't look, I'm no, uh, I'm no official lover. So if they, if they wanted to do, if they, I, I don't think that any organization is going to publicly defame their employees like that. Um, it is an extremely hard sport to call, but they have really struggled with getting new guys in the fold since, you know, there was that year where we were just, we were just so used to all those guys, right? Bennett Salvatore and Joey Crawford and Dick Bavetta. And it was like, it's all the same guys for our entire childhood. And they really brought in a lot of new guys and a lot that you don't even recognize. You tweeted out that video the other night in the Clipper game, which was absolutely mortifying of the young official that went nutso with the text and chucked Terrence Mann. That was embarrassing. I mean, but nobody even knows who that official is. Like for years, you would know Danny Crawford, Joey Crawford. You know, Dick Pavetta, all, all of them. Like, you would, you, you pretty much anybody that was in a big NBA game, you had a familiarity with them. Now, you tweeted out that video. I have no idea who that is, honestly. Like, I know Zach Zarba, and there's the two Goebel brothers, and there's Scott Foster. I mean, I guess I know more than, um, than I think I do, but like, with you have some of that, right? That was a young, uh, in his feelings, overzealous referee. For anybody that didn't see it, you can go to Twitter uh, to go to Kevin's feed, and it's unbelievable, like truly unbelievable, to watch a guy get thrown out of the game two texts in a row after a horrible no call against the Kawhi Leonard layup. Right? Yeah, Kawhi got a technical. And then Terrence Mann went over complaining and immediately got two decades ejected. Just a total ego trip by that ref. Embarrassing. Tough. And for every game matters for the Clippers. Yeah. Right now. Right. And for anybody. Especially with no Paul George. Yep. And for two to three weeks, no less. Uh, A couple other things we do want to mention before we get out of here. Top of the East standings. The biggest thing to keep an eye on is this hardened Achilles soreness. Um, years ago, when I was covering a team that I, uh, Mike Conley had this and ended up just like playing through it, playing through it, and it bothered him. And there's usually like some kind of bone in the back that's usually rubbing that is causing this. And eventually it leads to you having to get something removed in your heel but most guys play through it. But it's just something really to keep an eye on because you know how important Harden is to it. And there's no question, Philly has a legitimate chance at winning a championship this year. So you never want, you never want to hear that. You never want to hear Achilles soreness. It's one to keep an eye on, especially when you've got to get 16 more wins to win a title. 16 more wins to win a title. And so 
keep an eye out for that. Um, probably saw the Michael Malone comments about the ugly, nasty MVP debate. David Aldridge wrote a column about this. It was really good. And I do think it is warranted. It's, it is unfortunate. You and I have talked about this a lot. This is not something that we argue about, though we th- argue about a lot of things. We don't argue about the MVP. I think that you and I have always had the perspective of we have truly amazing players having amazing seasons in the NBA. And nobody's an idiot for having an opinion on this. No, not at all. You know, <laughs> like, I mean, you're not a fool if you have an opinion on this uh, that is different than mine, because I don't think you can go wrong again for a second consecutive year. The, the idea that there is some horribly wrong answer as to who is the most valuable player is foolishness. Because any of them, you could make an argument, deserves to be the most valuable player in the league. And yes, your definition can fluctuate. People view it different ways. But my God, these are all, all-time greats. And I think Aldridge's point was, we don't have to get in the business of tearing a guy down and talk about everything the guy's not good at or what his deficiencies are in order to build another one up. And that is kind of what it devolved into. Well, that, well, that's what I love about doing this show with you, Chris. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like all through the years, aside from your Rudy Gobert slander, um, it's all pretty fair. And, yeah. and, ulti- and, <laughs> and, and ultimately, um, we, we always, we, when we debate and we talk about what is or isn't, we're not tearing down the other guy necessarily as much as just talking about what we think is better. And I think oftentimes with the MVP debate, it does become trying to to diminish the talents of somebody else. And it's like, yo, all three of these guys, Giannis, Embiid, and Jokic, are going to be Hall of Famers. One of them already has won a championship. Hopefully at some point Embiid and Jokic get theirs. Like These guys are all absolutely incredible. There and I think it's a real for a long time we were in a league without a lot of star big men and it seemed like we might not have them anymore. Oh, the big man's extinct, you know. I remember Charks a couple years ago, you know, like he for the ringer he wrote a story about OG Ananobi, the future of the NBA big man. We were at that point where someone as smart as Charks was like, "Are we going full small ball with a bunch of Draymonds, like a bunch of impressionists?" Well, no, thank goodness we're not because of guys like Embiid and Jokic and Giannis that have emerged into just all-timers. And like I talked about with Bill Simmons on his podcast, all the other great talents across the league, from the older guys like your Steven Adams to the guys like Miles Turner to the Robert Williams of the world to Brooke Lopez, Giannis' teammate, and the and to the young guys, Alperen, Shen Goon, we talked about them, Carl Anthony Towns, all of them, Rudy Gobert. The league is stacked with bigs. And thank goodness it is because the league's a whole lot more funner with the top end talent and Bead, Jokic, and Giannis to you know the bottom of the league with the young up and coming guys. I'm I'm thankful it's happened. Thank goodness. Well, and make and, and make no mistake, the the guy that everybody is, you know, so excited to be able to have the opportunity to draft is about to come in and Victor could change yes, could change sir. everything. <laughs> I mean, yep. You got like the seven foot four. They're saying his agent doesn't even want to measure it anymore because he keeps growing. Yeah. Right. It's almost like it would hurt him to be taller. But I mean, <laughs> the kid may be 
The kid may be eight foot tall by the time the draft comes around. And he's he, like, like Steph Curry, I think, once said, it's like you're watching something like a freaking creative player on 2K. <laughs> yeah, exactly. whatever. That's, that's where really, we're that's at. That's really what it is, yes. It, in the NBA. Uh, a couple other notes I want to mention. Gary Payton Jr. coming back. This will certainly help the Warriors. They, It will certainly help them feel more like themselves just by getting him back. Um, and obviously, we're still waiting on the Wiggins thing. I did want to mention Emmanuel quickly, who has just taken the six-man-of-the-year award by the horns, man. He has just been out of this world. He has progressed as an offensive player. He has been this defensive dynamo. They have just been absolutely fantastic. And it's it's cool to see a young player who has excelled in such a massive way in his role as this six-man and become absolutely devastating. And it's one of the things that we talked about, you know, during our live show. The Knicks are dangerous, man. And a big part of that is that they bring quickly off the bench and when it's time to get stops or it's time to cause some chaos or make a big play or hit a big shot, he's there for it. And I do think that because Brogdon is such a massively boring pick and because the Celtics have faltered here these last, like, you know, 20, 30 games, I think quickly is going to end up winning that award. I think he's got yeah. the buzz and I think he and I think he's gonna be very deserving of it. Absolutely agree. You know, I yeah. think quickly is gonna be the sixth man of the year. It's he's a cool only, story because we did yeah. not know when we were talking about this even two months ago. Yeah. And he really just blew up. And he's a defensive ace too. No question. Oh, one one last thing before we get out of here. Uh there was an announcement today in college basketball about a player declaring for the draft. And that's a uh, Juwan Howard's kid, right? Jed Howard. Yep. Um, I've talked to NBA people that really like him. Where are you on him? Well, I mean, like, you're right, NBA people. A lot of split opinions on him. Uh, a lot of people don't think he's ready, but if you're projecting long-term, he's 6'8". He can, he can get his high IQ, like, moving without the ball. You can see him doing things like Jamal Murray, you know, Desmond Bain, guys like that, but he's 6'8". He's bigger. He can shoot 37% on the year this year for Michigan. There's a lot to like with Jed Howard. He's going to figure things out defensively. Um, going to figure figure that end of the floor out. But with his size, you hope that happens over the course of time. A lot to like. Where do you have him on your big board? Uh, let's see. Because I he's, saw him. To, I, I saw that announcement today, and I was like, hmm. 17 on my public big board right oh, so now. So top 20 pick. Yeah, 17 on my public big board. I think I have him slightly higher on like my Excel worksheet, mm. which will be the next update. I think next week we'll do the public big board update. Gotcha. Well, I mean, that's look, that's one of the best 20 players in the draft, yeah. or at least the highest yeah. ranked uh, players in the draft. Also, gets a little bit of a bump for having an awesome name. Yes, Jet. Jet Howard is a friggin' great name. It's a great name. <laughs> it's a great name. <laughs> like, I mean, if I'm choosing between, you know, I don't know, Charles Wilson. And Jed Howard, I take Jed Howard. Not that Charles Wilson is a player in this draft. This is, this is though he good, might be. It is a good name draft. Oh, Scoot and Jet? Scoot Henderson. Amen Thompson. Osar Thompson. Grady Dick. Jet Howard. Noah Clowney. These are Johnny Vagina. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's a yeah. Johnny Vagina. Yeah, he, he's a second round pick. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Jame Hawkes. Jame Hawkes is yeah. an awesome name. That's too. a great name. Yeah. <laughs> great name. <laughs> good name draft. It is. It's a really Maybe good that's one. what I'll do for the rigor. Maybe yeah, I'll just rank the draft picks by name. If you want to do that, we can put it in the draft guide. Just let me know the top names in the draft. Wemby. I mean, are we calling him Wemby? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's he, what he calls himself. I know. I mean, so if we're calling calls him, him, then that, that yeah. counts as a name, right? He's Wemby. Yeah, yeah he's Wemby, yeah. That's what he counts as, yeah. I, I, uh, that's cool, too. Yeah, it's a cool cool name draft. Kyle Filipowski. No. No, not a cool name? No, that is not cool. How about Bryce Sensabaugh? Sensabaugh is a good last name. Fun to say. You know, like the nah. last name Sensabaugh? Who cares? Basic. He sounds like a he sounds like a bust. How about CD Sissoko? Yes. Yeah, that's a good name, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. CD Sissoko. You kind of laughed name. when I said Grady Dick. You don't like that name, or is it just funny because his name's Dick? Oh I, no, I'm not childish. I just thought that your enunciation of it was interesting. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? I'm juvenile over here. Yeah, well, you clearly, you know who, whatever that rapper's name was. Corday. Corday, yeah, never heard of him. Let's stop acting like Corday's not a big deal. I have never heard of Corday. You don't listen to hip-hop, though. No, I don't. You're right. I know. Exactly. So, I mean, how would you know who that is? Uh, so, I guess that answers it. I just don't listen to hip-hop anymore. Yeah. You should. He's good. You'd like him. He's actually one of the, he's one of the rappers nowadays that's really got something to say. Okay. He's got something to say. Good lyrics. This guy's got something to say. Corday's a smart guy. I'll pull a Skip Bayless and say, Josh and listen to him. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> parade inside my city. Yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious, dude. When I did your local show the other day and we watched that clip, that was great. <laughs> to parade inside my city. Yeah. Yeah. Slam the table. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. That was so funny. Unbelievable. <laughs> what a uh, guy. Kevin, it has been a week to remember, to say the least. Yeah. Um, and now we are headed to the real home stretch of the NBA season. And we're going to be talking about play-in and playoff basketball very, very soon. And uh, by next time we speak, we'll have a Final Four set. So maybe we'll have some great NBA prospects that are going to be involved in that on college basketball's biggest stage also. Thank you to our executive producer, Jesse Lopez, as always. And Kevin, I'll talk to you next week. Have a good weekend.